The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrook Weekly Mirror, the unofficial once upon a time internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com, poppychulo radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, April 26th, 2016, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Uh, please welcome my fantastic, my wicked co-hosts. First up, as a child, all she wanted was a friend to play with. It's Katie Cat. That's so right. Hi guys. Hope you are having a good night. I can't wait to talk about the episode. <laughs> and she hates when things occur in the forest. What is it with you people? It's Ashley Michelle. Anything where I hate something is automatically true. Papi Chulo, you get me every time. I do. Hey guys, I'm so glad you decided to tune in. Welcome everyone. So as uh, many of you listeners have noticed, we are missing Priscilla and Ava Stark. Uh, unfortunately, they're working in the mill right now. So that you know they're they're getting all the flour ready. So uh, they are not with us tonight, but uh, we hope that they will be back with us next week. So Let's get into our recap of episode 519, season 5, episode 19, which was titled Sisters and aired on April 24th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Now that Hades and Zelina are reunited, Hades tells Zelina that he wants a future with her outside of the underworld. All she needs to do is heal his heart with true love's kiss so they can leave the underworld and trap the heroes there for eternity. When Regina overhears of this plan, she enlists Cora's help to find a way to separate Zelina from Hades. However, Cora reveals a family secret that could change Regina and Zelina's lives forever. Meanwhile, David finally meets James only to realize that his twin is determined to seek revenge on him for stealing the life he could have had. So, let's get everyone's initial reaction to this episode, and we'll start off with Ash. I really enjoyed it. I have been looking forward to these two big meetings to come across, James and David and Zelina and Cora. And I think that they were done really, really well. And I, I really enjoyed this episode. I really like the outcome of it. All right now, 
I'm on Team Ash. I'm loving what she said. Katie, do you agree with Ash? Oh, my. (laughs) I did like this episode. I don't think it was my favorite episode in the world. I mean, I wouldn't put it in the whole wide world. In the whole wide world. (laughs) But I really did enjoy it because it gave us, like Ash said, I really have been wanting to see David and James meet. And as. And Zelina and Cora. Like, it's not something that I w- would think about very often, but... Um, you weren't staying really... up late at night. Yeah. You know, yeah. contemplating what it would be like and then only sleeping for three hours. <laughs> it was... I So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that um, it wasn't... The episode wasn't just dealing with sisters, as the title suspected, but it was dealing with James and David as brothers. So it was kind of, you know, like a family family affair type thing and it was really interesting so i enjoyed it there were some really great moments in this episode katie are you saying that the episode should have been titled siblings ah exactly retitle this thing please (laughs) all right now i enjoyed the episode as well i feel like a broken record at the start of the story broke weekly mirror you know thus far during season 5b but i feel like each episode is stronger than the last each episode is so good this arc is so i don't know it's just it fits so well with uh with like the previous episodes and 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 just the story as a whole like i can't find fault in any of these episodes thus far at least as as of yet i feel like the storyline keeps building and all these little nuggets from the past that we've never seen before really help define the characters and and who they are in the present day so i'm here for it i approve and i'm really excited to chat with all of you about it during this broadcast but before we get into a thorough recap here are a few reminders on how you can interact with us with the show via social media like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror you can also follow the station on social media we are on Twitter Facebook and Instagram simply at Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And of course, search for us on iTunes. Simply type in Storybrooke Weekly Mirror into the search bar and then hit the subscribe button. And just a little tip for those out there, you can actually download the episode early through iTunes before it streams on poppychuloradio.com. Did you know this, Katie? You know what? I did not know that. Well, you're also not on iTunes, but we'll have to fix that. I know. Ash, teach Katie how to use iTunes. Oh, God. (laughs) Hey, uh, I'm an easy learner. You don't have to... I'll believe it when I see it, Katie. Oh, my. Those (laughs) are fighting words. Whatever. (laughs) Well, on that note, let's get into our recap. Quick little shout-out to the opening title sequence where we feature an underworld 
windmill in the red tinted forest. So let's get into the flashback. I feel like the flashback was very simple and very linear. So we are taken back to young tween, I guess, Regina, or not even tween. I don't know. Maybe 10-year-old Regina. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What would you say, Katie? Probably 10 or 11. All right. So tweenish Regina, and she's playing with a doll, and, and uh, she wishes that her mother, Cora, had more time to play with her. And while her mother is, isn't watching her, Regina find, you know, finds that there's a, a key stuck in a uh, sort of a, what would you call that? In, a, in the desk still, in one of the drawers. And she opens it, and she uh, finds... Uh, Cora's magic wand and so Regina uses the magic wand in an attempt to transform her doll into a real person to play with but the spell backfires and knocks her unconscious Cora and Prince Henry realize you know what's what's happened and uh, they figure out that the only way to help young Regina is by via someone who is magical that is related but whose magic hasn't harmed or the magic wasn't used to uh, put Regina in that current predicament. Uh, Cora explained it as uh, she can't help Regina because it's Cora's magic that harmed her. What do we think of this? Because is this something interesting like sort of like a new uh, a repercussion for magic that we've never heard of before? What did we think? I don't think that we've never heard it before. I, I feel mm -hmm. like we've dealt with this before that my magic is the one that harmed you. It can't heal you. Have we? I'm trying I, to remember. I was trying I to, like I was thinking about that. New, but it might yeah, have been. It felt a little familiar. And I can't place anything off the top of my head, but. Even even if it didn't happen, like it fits, I think within this. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of stuff where it would have like been negated or something by like stuff in the past, but I couldn't really think of anything at least obvious. So it sort of fits in, even though I feel like we've never heard of this before. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't think of anything. Yeah. To be honest. So. Me neither. But it was interesting, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you know, Prince Henry is like, who could this be? Who could help? And Cora has that look in her eye. She's like, well, I have another baby. But she doesn't necessarily <laughs> say she doesn't say that. But I feel like that's what she was thinking in her head. And so Cora visits Oz many years ago to find Zelina. And Zelina's... Um, in her home, you know, she's stacking some wood, and uh, the logs that she was carrying dropped, and so she uses magic to uh, stack the logs again. Her dad catches her, and he's like, you know, what are you doing? You're wicked. You know, what if people see you? They'll know that you're wicked, too. And, you know, he's ready to basically, like, beat her because of... Uh, the usage of magic because she because he's like oh your mother's not alive anymore so you know basically i, I could beat you now and uh, fortunately cora 
freezes him and uh and uh, love Zelina's like are you a good witch and of course like oh yes I'm a very good witch I'm like okay and uh <laughs> she explains you know I need your help and uh you know let me give you the opportunity to prove to your father that uh magic can be used for good and so Zelina accepts and she is taken to the enchanted forest back to uh, where young Regina is and um Cora's like, you know, let me show you what you're going to need to do. You know, she's very sick and, you know, your magic can help her and there's that the other. But uh, almost via instinct, Zelina is able to wake Regina. Cora's like, you know, how did you know how to do this? And uh, Zelina was like, you know, I've always wanted to help with my magic and so it just came naturally and uh, unaware that they are sisters of course you know just they're just introduced as Regina and Zelina the girls uh, become close and start bonding and play with one another and and uh, they seem really happy together which is the opposite of what we've seen Regina and Zelina be at least as adults so what do we think of uh, Zelina and uh, Regina bonding and and uh you know actually having a nice time with one another and as well as let's discuss the young actress actresses playing Zelina and Regina did we think that they did a great casting choice with them yeah i really liked who they cast for Zelina i thought they did a really good job there and i thought so for Regina too um I'm not, I feel like I need to watch the episode again, but, um, I think she did a really good job. Um, I couldn't see the resemblance too much in regards to Regina. I think Mm -hmm. that's what kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, I could see it sometimes, but not all the time, but her acting was still good. So... I can't see the resemblance when they're younger, but I can see it with Rebecca Mater and Cora's actor, actress. I can see it there when they're all grown up, but not when they're kids like that. But genetics are funny, so. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, the actress Uh, that played young Regina, she was on American Horror Story uh, Hotel, and she played a sympathetic, like, vampire uh, without going into the details of uh, American Horror Story Hotel. So for a minute there, I was like, that's the sympathetic vampire. And it <laughs> took me like a half Agents a second. Yeah, she was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was the, 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 the what do you call it? The, the one that made uh, May the Cavalry. Yeah, exactly. Which that, that you know, another yeah. sort of like bad character in a sense. <laughs> yeah. But in regards Villainous to, the, character. to the scenes that the two had um, <clears throat> in this episode, it was really cute. It was so cute to watch them um, getting along. And it's something, you know, that we haven't seen from at least adults as Lena and Regina. Um, so it was really cute to see them like bonding and actually getting along mm-hmm. yeah. um, in childhood. So that was that was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I loved. Never I loved. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was just gonna say that I loved the uh, them playing dress up and stuff like that. That was so cute. Protect yeah. magic. Uh huh. 
Uh-huh. Exactly, and and Regina instantly conjured up a fireball in her imagination, which I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was also nice to see. We've never seen Regina this age before. We've never Correct. seen Regina small. No, we haven't. Which is surprising because she has most of the flashbacks. I think, or she's involved in a lot of them. And it's funny that we haven't seen her as a young kid yet. At 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 least up to this point. Yeah, and something I that I had what I wanted, but I definitely needed. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I had never noticed before, even though obviously it's it's so obvious because of uh, the voice. But I had never put two and two together as to where Zelina got the British accent. And it's, of course, because of her adoptive parents. Yeah. That was interesting. I, did, I actually didn't put that together. Yeah, because we've seen him before. We've seen him, I feel like we've seen him a couple times, and uh, I just had never put two and two together before. Yeah, interesting. So, of course, uh, something interesting happens with the girls, because they're playing with each other, they're playing uh, magic and conjuring up imaginary fireballs and all that kind of stuff, and uh, all of a sudden they notice the... um, the casing of the the wand and something that we had learned earlier in the episode is that the um, the case is sealed uh, via blood magic so only Cora or someone related to Cora can open it and Zelina is fascinated by the box and so she just touches it and then all of a sudden poof it opens and uh, young Regina is like how could this be? You know, what did you do? And, and she's like, I just touched it. And she's like, but this is being bound by blood magic. So that must mean, could it be? Are we related? And so they're like, you know, let's go ask uh, my mom. Let's go ask my mom. And so they rush away. And Cora had heard all, you know, everything that had just happened. And so once they find Cora, Cora admits that Regina and Zelina are sisters. And, uh, Regina, of course, is ecstatic. She's excited because she wanted someone in her life, a friend to play with, and now she has someone that she's bonded to by blood in a sister in Zelina. But uh, Cora, of course, is like, that's the wrong answer. You know, what did I tell you before? And she had this discussion with Regina earlier in the episode uh, where basically she's like, you know, all you need is yourself. You know, you can't, uh, you know, you don't need friends. All you need is yourself, basically. And so uh, Cora believes that Zelina's presence will interfere with Regina's future, you know, becoming queen, having all this power, and all this kind of stuff, and so uh, she has the guards take Zelina away, Regina's begging, you know, please, you know, don't do this, you know, we'll always be sisters no matter what, and uh, Cora ends up using uh, the water from the river Lethe to wipe the memory of uh, Regina, you know, all of the memory of uh, Zelina from uh, Regina. And, uh, of course, Zelina is sent back to Oz with her memory wiped as well. Dun-dun-dun. Well, there's the cold-hearted bitch we know and love. (laughs) Well, that's putting it nicely. (laughs) Oh, great. So, all right, so that's the end of the flashback. 
What are your thoughts on the flashback as a whole? I mean, obviously, there had to have been a twist because this is something that they had never discussed in the present day. So, of course, Korra was going to figure out some way to wipe their memories of uh, their time together. But what do we think of sort of like seeing it progress in the episode? I I liked it. I mean, sometimes I feel like memory loss charms or forgetting potions or whatever can be like a cop-out but I feel like it wasn't in this case because it kind of really it drove it drove a point in the current day happenings in Underbrook um it drove the point there really well so I enjoyed it um I didn't feel like making them forget everything was a cop-out um, just to have a flashback for flashback's sake. So I, I liked it. I thought it was a cute flashback. And it was nice to see a time in Lena and Regina's life that we have not seen. Um, so it was interesting. I liked it. Well, Katie, you took the words right out of my mouth. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I agree with Katie, then, since Ash had nothing else to add on. <laughs> I agree. I enjoyed uh, the flashback as a whole. I didn't feel that the memory potion, or the forgetfulness potion, was a cop-out either. I I don't know. It just it kind of fit with the story, and it made sense. I mean, Korra, at least back in the day, was a wicked woman. I mean... To be honest, I mean, she wasn't the nicest person, and she always had uh, these plans for Regina, and you could see it, like, even more so in this flashback. It wasn't that Regina wanted to be queen or wanted this or the other. I believe at one point, like, Regina was like, you know, I don't want to be queen, you know, I just want my sister. And uh, Cora was the one that was, like, putting upon Regina these uh, goals that uh, so you know it was interesting to see that you know even back in the day Cora was uh, always on this one track mind on like what she wanted and uh, she was going to make sure that nothing stood in uh, her way or Regina's way and to making it happen mhm yeah it was uh, interesting to kind of dig back into Cora's character a little bit because you forget how manipulative and crazy she was so it was kind of nice to see that contrast from the flashback to the present day underbrook it was nice to see well there you go all right so let's get into the present day underbrook usa so all right so we've got hades and zelina <laughs> they're out on a date under the burning night sky of Underbrook. And he explains why he created the world for her, you know, the decaying storybrook. And uh, he basically tells Lena, I made this decaying version of Storybrook for you, but I want to be with you in the real Storybrook. And if he's able to restore his heart through her, you know, he can be human again. And, you know, they can be up in Storybrook together. But Zelina's like, you know, what about the heroes? I mean, they're not going to let you go up to Storybrook. And he's like, well, we'll leave them down here. You know, because after all that crap that Hook did, modifying 
the uh, tombstone, you know, the charming switcheroo. I created all these tombstones with everybody's name, so they all have to be stuck down here, and then we can go up to Storybrook and be the Lord of the Dead and the Wicked Witch and all that kind of stuff. And so then he basically is like, you know, be my partner in crime, be my partner in chaos. And so Regina is waiting for Zelina at Zelina's farmhouse. And, you know, initially she, she starts being sort of like the doting sister, but then basically she's like, you know what, I saw everything through the mirror. You know, I know what you guys are planning. And uh, Zelina's like, yeah, well, I didn't say anything. But Regina's like, but you didn't say no. And so... Uh, you know, basically, Regina's like, Hades is a villain, and, you know, and, but Zelina's like, well, what about Robin Hood? He was a thief, but she's like, she he was robbing from the rich and for the poor and all that kind of stuff. It was interesting. I thought their dynamic in that scene was, was fascinating, and because after all this time, you know, whether Regina's, um, her sort of motivation obviously is that she doesn't want to stay in the underworld but it seemed as if she was really trying to care for her sister at that moment what did we think of their conversation their opening scene conversation i thought it's a show of zelina how she's changed already that she really wasn't wicked in this scene like she was very calm like she Hmm, like tranquil compared to how she usually fights with Regina. I think it was just entirely different seeing her in this scene than usual. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. It was, it was, it was such a different tone than what we're used to, and it was interesting to see the different dynamic there. Yeah, they actually had a conversation, which usually doesn't yeah. happen between the two of them. Exactly. And it actually seemed as if Regina cared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, she really was did. the older sister, and, like, this felt more like an... Well, Regina's the younger sister. A... She's acting like the older sister, Papi Chulo. Well, there you go. <laughs> Why you do this? Why you gotta be so rude? <laughs> no. It is not going to be the theme of this half season. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this felt like more like... Say what you want to say. Oh my gosh. Katie, don't encourage him. <laughs> Katie, you're supposed to encourage me. You're all I've got left. You're all I've got left. You're my only hope. I wonder why. <gasps> oh. Blasphemy. <laughs> But this fight felt more like, I don't want to say the word normal, but like our world sisterly fight than an enchanted forest sister fight. I like that, Ash. Yeah. Thank you. Even with all the sass, you made a, a decent point. <sighs> it wouldn't be me unless there was sass. Ain't that the truth. All right, so... Regina fills the rest of the heroes in on what happened, and basically she's like, you know, there's only one way to solve this problem, and it's with my mother, Cora. And of course, we all know from earlier this midseason, Cora works in the underworld mill vis a vis 
Hades' punishment to her. She's being supervised by two uh, guards, basically, but uh, as she's uh, picking up some grain, or a bushel of grain, she notices a hook hidden inside the grain, and so she cuts off the um, demagicifying cuff and escapes. She finds Hook, and Hook brings uh, her to Regina. And basically, Regina fills her in on the truth about Zelina and Hades, and that, you know, apparently they have feelings for each other, they have a history, and all this kind of stuff. And so, Cora suspects that she's being played by a fool, as a fool, I should say, by him. And um, she's like, you know, we need to do something, you know. I know what to do, you know, we need to make this potion that will make Zelina forget that Hades ever existed. And so they head on over to um, a sort of like a stream in the forest. And they pick up some of the water because it's uh, the water from uh, the river Lethe which is uh, the river of uh, forgetfulness. I love the little bonding moment that they have because Regina's like, oh, well, you know, I've, I've dabbled in uh, forgetful potions or, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, they decide that they are basically going to have to find some way to have Zelina ingest this uh, river water so that she can forget Hades. And so Cora knocks on the farmhouse and she finally meets Zelina for the very first time ever and uh, they start having a conversation as to you know why why did this happen you know why did you uh, uh, abandon me basically and uh, Cora apologizes for everything and she she wishes that uh, things could have been done differently. What do we think of this conversation between Zelina and Cora? Because as both of you sort of mentioned at the start of the, re the recording, this is something that we've been waiting for. We maybe didn't necessarily know that we were waiting for it, but it's something that, you know, a lot of us were really looking forward to seeing at some point. And uh, when we saw Cora get sentenced to... Uh, her um, Miller's daughterness that she's been doing for the past uh, little while in the underworld. I don't know if we ever really thought we'd see her again in yeah. Underbrook. Yeah, I thought that they weren't going to do a um, meeting between her and Zelina since they kind of just shoved her to the side. Yeah. Which I think makes this conversation that they had all the more important. Yeah. Right, definitely. yeah. Oh. It was a good conversation. It had me on the edge of my seat. Like, mm -hmm. I love their interactions between each other and how Cora... It, like, I don't know if I want to believe 100% what Cora was saying, but at the time that I watched the episode, but it made me want to believe that she was doing... that it, she was saying it all from her heart, that it wasn't what we saw in the flashback, that she was just doing what was right and saying what was right. It was, she really wanted to tell Zelina this. Yeah, I agree. It seemed, I mean, it was very heartfelt. And 
I love those. I do think that Once Upon a Time does do great heartfelt scenes like this, whether it's between a couple, a mother and a daughter, a mother and a son, a father, you know, and child. They just, they do do really good at those scenes. So I really like, I really like them a lot. And this wasn't any different for me. It was a really nice scene to see. So Cora steps away, and Regina has found her way into the house, and uh, she's dropped the river water into a glass of water, and Cora brings it to Zelina, and Zelina basically is like, the jig is up, baby, you know, Regina, step on out, you know, what, you're trying to poison me now, mother? She throws it into uh, the fireplace. I love what she does. She, she, like, gets up and she kicks the chair to the wall and everything. She's serious. And um, she's like, you know, what is this? You know, your fake apology. I don't believe anything that you're saying. And, and so all of this leads to a fight between Regina and Zelina and they're ready to take each other down like Zelina's got her green ball of fury and uh Regina's got her great balls of fire and uh they're ready to take each other down (laughs) that was good good one and uh Cora's like stop Everybody stop and like she lifts her hands up and like all the the green flames and the fire flames extinguish, which I thought was awesome because I see them like she's like I'm got the power, bitches, and um, she's like, you all didn't hate each other, you guys loved each other at one point, and everyone's like, huh? And she's like, grab my hands, and so they grab her hands, and then she's like, close your eyes, and they close their eyes, and they look down with their eyes closed, and then she's like, I need to bring back your memories. And so, like, this whoosh things happens, and then they basically see what we saw in the flashbacks. And they play for them in their minds, and so their memories get restored, and, like, Regina's all teary-eyed, and Zelina's a little teary-eyed, and, um... She's like, you know, this was my unfinished business. You know, I thought it was just Regina, but it is you too, Zelina. And um, she apologizes to her daughters. She restores the memories, obviously, and, and uh, she regrets the, the way that she raised them. She re- regrets everything that happened with Zelina. She apologizes for her and, and um, you know, just not having a family and not having you know people that she can consider a family and it was a really beautiful and touching scene um you know i was in it and and buying it all and uh great performances from the three actresses barbara hershey lana paria and rebecca mater what did we think of sort of this emotional scene with uh the mother and daughters oh my god hashtag the feels the feels yes (laughs) Oh, I loved it so much. Like, I was eating this up like a honey. Oh. Ew. It was so <laughs> Katie said, ill. It was so <laughs> beautiful. Oh, uh, okay. Was- no, I yeah. thought you were grossed out by eating the honey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a really nice scene. Like I said, they do such a good, heartfelt, 
emotional scenes and this was definitely this episode actually was not lacking for that at all there was a lot of them in here and it was so special it was it's so special to see well the show focuses on not it, the show doesn't just focus on romantic love it focuses on love between parents and their children too and siblings which is so special to see all the different forms of love and it was just it was really beautiful i liked seeing that yeah i agree with all of you i thought this was a really strong storyline and uh, i mean barbara hershey has always been fantastic whenever she's been on the show as cora whether it's, you know, Cora without a heart or Cora with a heart. I mean, I am always here for Cora. She's just such a strong character, and Barbara Hershey brings this gravitas to Cora. You know, it's just fantastic to see. And uh, it was really nice to see this scene where she apologizes to Regina and to Zelina. And, uh,. It was her unfinished business to sort of bring her daughters together. You know, after all this time, after all this venom between uh, Regina and Selena, you know, it was their mother to sort of unite them. I thought that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. It was. Finally, after all this time. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so, just to wrap up this storyline before we get into some of the other storylines, we have uh, uh, the three of them, they head on down to the bridge that we've seen several times throughout this arc in the underworld, sort of like the bridge that leads uh, people either to someplace really nice or someplace really not so nice, (laughs) let's just put it that way. And uh, once again, uh, you know, there's this emotional touching moment between mother and daughters. And uh, Cora sort of references um, the last time that she died, where she was like, you know, we didn't really get a chance to say goodbye. And so she hugs Regina, and then she goes over to Zelina's like, and we never really got a chance to say hello. And so she hugs Zelina, and... um, She's like, well, what do I do? And what did your father do? And uh, they explain, you know, he just sort of walked out onto the bridge and, uh, you know, he was taken to a better place. And uh, Cora's like, you know, whatever ends up happening happens, you know. And so she heads on to, uh, you know, the middle of the bridge and flames, you know, start engulfing her. But then the flames die down and a bright light comes on and the gate opens allowing Cora to move on to Mount Olympus to join her husband and you know live on in the afterlife and um, after Cora disappears into the light Regina gives Zelina her blessing to be with Hades you know maybe you can redeem him maybe you can you know make him a better man I trust you I trust in you Zelina, you can reform him. Do we think it's appropriate that Cora got to step into the light? And what did we think of the emotional farewell of uh, Cora and, uh, of course, uh, Regina's uh, trusting of uh, Zelina? Uh, I thought it was 
Interesting. I don't know what I expected to happen to Korra. I honestly... You thought she was going to be dragged down in flames. Well, yeah, you know? She was a terrible person. And, you know, at the last minute, she kind of reforms herself. And she gets to go into the Well, she hasn't been bad, bad in the underworld, in a sense. When she got her heart back... She kind of yeah. changed a little bit. That's true. But I don't know. I honestly didn't know what to expect with her. Because she was such a horrible person for so long. But, I mean, she did. She did, you know, ask for forgiveness and tell Regina and Zelina that, you know, she screwed up. And she should never have treated them that way or whatever. So, you know, there's a little bit of reform there. So. Cora, Katie's judging you. <laughs> Just fire insurance. Last minute. Come over oh, here. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it puts like a whole new spin on it. Like, how. Like, I don't remember Cora doing any good up north. Like,. Uh, she was a pretty bad character until the end. She was dead set on getting what she wanted. But apparently, if you finish your business and everyone's happy, then you get to move on to a better place. Yeah. Which, that's an interesting twist. That everything that you did in your life can be redeemed if you just finish your business correctly. <laughs> well, we're not saying they're religious people. Uh, I'm not either. I'm not either. Just saying in the Just rules saying. of the underworld. Correct. This isn't something the Pope is uh, blessing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bless Cora and she got to <laughs> Hallelujah. Katie, hallelujah. To another storyline, I want to just... Take a nod to our Cora and Hook reunion that I didn't know that we were going to get. And that this is like my one little quibble with the episode. And I know it's a time constraint, but I would have loved to see how like a conversation between the two of them because they used to work together and dynamic together was so great. And for them to just take a moment and say, well, this is where I am now, and this is where I am now. Deleted yeah. scenes, people. Yeah. Delete them. Yeah. And it almost looked like at one point she wanted to bang him. Oh. oh. Well, who hasn't? <laughs> they had a little chemistry <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and like you said, their dynamic was so interesting. He... I'm thinking back to the first season with him, which was season two. Really, the first dynamic we ever saw with him was with Korra, mm-hmm. teaming up with Korra. So, yeah, it was a nice it was a nice nod to that. I wish we had seen more of it, even though the one scene was nice to see. And the little thing about Hook being the fairy godmother was so yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> well, I've never been called that before. <laughs> I think 
probably my most favorite thing of uh, this storyline in this episode was the fact that for the longest we've seen Korra say, you know, love is a weakness, love is a weakness, love is a weakness. And finally she was like, you know what, love isn't a weakness. And I've seen what you've done, Regina, and how you're still here, and how you, you helped your father move on, and how you're helping your friends, and you have this group of support this support system around you that cares for you and you care for them. You know, I was completely wrong about love being a weakness. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Cause that was like her whole thing up in um, the world of the living. Love is a weakness. And she finally yeah. learned that it's not. Exactly. Exactly. That I love. And that's another thing I love about this show is that they show really good character development. Like, like you said with Cora, her whole thing was love is weakness. And then we get to the end here, you know, a few seasons later where she's realizing that it wasn't, it never was, even though she treated it that way. And, you know, she shouldn't have wasted her life away um, thinking it was weakness. Um, so it's just, it's really beautiful the, the lessons that they teach throughout the episodes. It was really, really great. We've done the once upon a time full circle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's very true. So let's get into another storyline. The other sort of like major storyline in the episode. Uh, we have David. He's coming out of, uh, I guess, the Underbrook grocery store or the Under Underbrook uh, gas station or whatever that was convenience store and he's confronted by his twin brother james and this is the first time that they've ever met and uh james basically is pissed obviously at david and david's like oh i know you know corella told me you know it's because you're you're jealous you know because uh you know mom stayed with me and gave you up and james is like no that's not it you got all my glory you got my destiny you know and all this kind of stuff and so they get into a fight and uh james gets uh gets almost like hit you know by david but james ends up knocking david out with a stun gun and so he ends up pretending to be the shepherd as uh, he was calling David and so he tricks his niece Emma and uh, they're they're headed to where Robin Hood is to uh, drop off some supplies for the baby and that kind of thing and so he's tricking Emma and so they finally get into the middle of the forest where Robin Hood is to drop off the supplies but then all of a sudden James reveals who he is once they reach the rendezvous point and so he puts on one of those cuffs on to Emma so that she can't use her magic and he is joined by his boo thing Cruella and uh, Cruella gets the fantastic line of what is it with you people and always in the forest <laughs> that was the best she has it the was. best one-liners. <laughs> she I really does. Cruella every day. You are. <laughs> and so Cruella explains that she's still looking for a way to escape the underworld. And since the author isn't going to help her, you know, she's got to go to the next person that can help. And that person is Hades. And she plans on using 
babyhood as leverage with Hades so that uh, Cruella and uh, James can be written, or not written back to life, it would be, I guess they would just return back to life. They would head back into the world of the living. And I've got to say, one of the moments that I loved the most, which it's probably mean because it happened to Emma, but I loved when Cruella went up to her and she was like, oh, and one more thing. And she punches Emma and she's like, that's for killing me, darling. <laughs> that was so good. And so, um, Robin gets all brave and bold and uh, shoots an arrow at James, but he's like, I'm already dead. And But James whips out his pistol and he's like, but if I shoot you with this, then you can't go back home. You'll be dead uh, with us down here. And they also explain that, that David is uh, locked up in the jail. So, all of a sudden, which this is something that I did not understand at the beginning, because it was just weird, th they were all of a sudden, bam, in the docks. But obviously they had to be in the docks because they're planning on them being, Corella and James are planning on killing Emma and Robin and tossing them into the river. But David arrives to rescue Emma and Robin before it's too late. Hook is there as well. And uh, David explains, you know, you would think that you'd be smarter than to lock me up in my own, uh, you know, jail cell. You know, I, I worked in the sheriff's office up in the world of the living. And so a fight ensues. Corella kind of retreats. And um, there's a fight between... Uh, David and James, and David's like, you know, I can help you move on, you know, it's not too late, you know, everything can be fine, and uh, James believes that killing David is his unfinished business, and so David is, is still playing, but uh, nothing is going to happen, you know, James is on a one-track mind at this moment, and so they're fighting each other on the edge of the dock, and uh, Corella reminds James, I guess, that he has a knife. And so he pulls out the knife and he's ready to stab David. And David does like, uh, you know, he, he maneuvers and twists him so that all of a sudden James falls into the river of lost souls, condemning him forever. Corella runs away and Emma tells David that there was nothing else that he could do to save James. But uh, David's like, yeah, but... You know, there had to have been something, you know. At the end of the day, he is still my brother. So what did we think of this? David and James finally meeting. Can I just have a huge shout-out to Josh Dallas for this? Yes! That you can yes. play, like, the nice, kind brother, and in the same scene, like, the evil twin that wants to kill him, and then do a fight scene with yourself. <laughs> a plus. Yes. Yes. Plus. Although he has kind of done that before. Stop. No. Josh, he, A plus. He did. Well, we'll give plus. him props. He deserves it. Plus. But he in the episode that introduced James and David, he started off as James, and then he died, obviously. And so David was there. he never was did there. a fight scene with we himself. other. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I understand that. No, but I'm saying he has had to play sort of nice and good in the same episode. Yeah, 
But it was so interesting to see it in the same scene, um, especially that first scene, because you could see the difference. You could yeah. so see the difference. It was so... He, he did a really good job with it. Just the what... Just the his mannerisms, the way he was talking. It was just very subtle things, but it really made a big difference. Yeah, and I'm sad that James is gone. It would have been I nice know. to have seen him and Charming interact a little bit more. Well, I mean, I was expecting him to go off the dock into the lake. But is everybody going to fall into that freaking lake from that dock? There's going to be so many people in there. So many lost souls swimming around endlessly. <laughs> he can have fun with Mila now. Apparently. <laughs> and Auntie M. Aw. Too sad. <laughs> Good grief. Well, moving on to the final storyline of the episode. Uh, we actually start off early on in the episode checking in on Gold and he's looking over at Belle's sleeping body and then, oh, this is probably the scene that frustrated me the most because he, he's like, you know what, Belle? I know you want me to use light magic to, like, fix all this, but you know what? I can't. And there's no way I can because, I mean, you know me. I'm the dark one. I love doing stuff with dark magic and there's no way that i'm gonna fix this with light magic i have to use the dark magic because i just have to because i love it and i need it in my soul and my body and so i'm gonna use all the dark magic that i can to save you and our baby i was like really <laughs> i know i'm so i don't i'm frustrated with him all over again like it was in whatever season it was where he kept flopping I'm just it's so stupid now it's like so cartoony in my opinion it's so cartoony like all I needed him to do is like to like twist his mustache and you know be like hee 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 <laughs> I think it was also interesting to see their roles reverse because last half season she was the one watching over him as he was in a a preservation spell and now he's oh, watching over Yeah, her. but it's the complete opposite, though, because yeah. she was being all nice and, like, trying to save him, and, like, he's trying to, like, do evil things to save her. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Okay, well, there so you go. I'm just done <sighs> with his attitude at this point. He's like, whatever. Y'all know my theory. He's gonna die. He's gonna die. <laughs> well... Yeah, I just, I can't. That's all I can say. I just can't with him. And so at the end of the episode, when he pops up again, Zelina was, remember, uh, Regina had given Zelina her blessing. You know, Regina's like, I trust you. Maybe you can redeem him. You know, maybe this can be a new love in your life and all this kind of stuff. And so we have Hades and he's, you know, jamming and all that kind of stuff. Uh, to uh, the song I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire in Blindies and he's like got like a candlelit dinner and like champagne and all this kind of stuff like ready for Zelina for their date and Zelina arrives but before she can enter Rumple pops up and uh, basically he's like, 
You know, you're the one responsible for giving Belle uh, the sleeping curse, and, uh, she, and she says something so good, and I can't remember the word for word, and she, but it was like, you know, how's it my fault that she'd rather be asleep than to hang out with you? <laughs> hang out That's with a dark Yes, yes. Oh, and, okay, it, like, super frustrates me that he's like, Belle can't make her own decision. You obviously influenced her. Like, yeah, that was so stupid. I'm like, like what the you heck? think of... Bell's like so little of her that she can't make her own choice. Like I thought that was so dumb. Yeah, I was like, "What? Shut up!" I thought that was very that was rude in a sense. Like I was like, "How can you think so little of your wife to say?" Oh, you know, she couldn't possibly have decided that on her own. Like you made her do it. Yeah, like <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Even Katie's yeah. calling you out on your shit ripple. Come on. <laughs> Exactly. And I don't remember how this happened, but I do remember it happening. And maybe, Katie, since you're our Once Upon a Time historian, you can remind us all. Yeah. Was It was during Zelina's arc where she made a deal with Rumple that he can't harm her? Like, what was... Can you refresh us on that? Oh my goodness. Katie doesn't remember either. Um, but they do have a deal because obviously she she reminds him. She's like, you know, you can't harm me. Was this made way in the past when he was training her? Oh, when she was glamoured as Marion, and she gave him that potion. Yes, it was something with that. Yeah, I think you're right, Ash. It was when they were in New York, <sighs> and. Uh, she had the potion that would cure him because uh, it was like the darkness was taking over his body or something like that. Remember? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. It was like the potion of like the wounded heart or something like that. I can't remember. Don't quote me, listeners. But it was something like that. It was and in New York City. It yeah, and so then she traded the potion to him. And, like, the deal was that he can't harm her. Hold on. That is right. Ash, you get one billion Poppy Chulo Radio Power yes. Points. Not redeemable as cash. <laughs> yes! I win. Yay! You're, you're above yes. everybody forever. <laughs> but, of course, Gold found a loophole. Because he always does, because he knows about uh, deals. And so then he introduces Zelina to... Bum, ba, da, da, Granny. Now... Oh, what? <laughs> that would have been fun, though. Gold introduces Zelina to his father, Peter Pan. And this is when Pan says, Oh, I hear you're wicked. Well, I'm worse. And uh, he places a bag over her head. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, 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 dun. Like, dang, what's going on? I know, right? Pan's but shout out to Peter help. Pan, because he only had to act for like 30 seconds, and he got that paycheck. So that's the kind of <laughs> paycheck I would love. <laughs> exactly. It's great. So what do we think of the twist at the end, uh, with uh, Peter Pan being the loophole? I it was, was not expecting it. 
Yeah, exactly. Because I, I knew Peter Pan was going to be in this episode, and it was like, there's like five minutes left. Where in the heck is he? And then, bam, there he was. So. He's getting ready for you, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, that was that was an interesting twist, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Very interesting. Yeah, I agree. And it kind of annoyed me because I'm just kind of done with Rumple, so I'm like, why is he meddling with our people? Like, she's finally on, like, the good path, and, like, you're doing all this crap. Mm-hmm. Stupid Rumple. I know, right? Hashtag stupid Rumple. <laughs> Listeners, start using it. <sighs> so, any final thoughts on the episode as a whole? I enjoyed it. Again, I, I'm with Katie that it wasn't my favorite, but it was. it's definitely in the middle. It's not... It was a good one. Upper middle. Yeah. Yeah. And we still got more episodes this season. And it's already better than the last know, half right? arc. God. Exactly. Camelot. This has been a fantastic arc. So... It's that time, everybody. It's time for the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why. And there are many choices for the episode. So I'm looking forward to hearing who you guys chose. And we're going to start off with Ash. Can I, like, pick an actor? Because <laughs> I would so pick Josh Dallas. But... <laughs> I have two, and I'll, I'll say my second one after y'all, but I'm going to go with the more obvious choice, with Zelina. Oh, dang it. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Which, <laughs> was that a dang it I did it, or a dang it I didn't? Dang did it, you didn't. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Katie, you think you know me. Mm. I know, apparently not. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I think. Sibling rivalry. You know, sisters. Sisters. Exactly. Stop, please. Yeah, exactly. I know, right? I love both of you. Aww. Stop, please. Oh <laughs> I'm sorry I abandoned you, Ash. I was either one abandoned. Why? Because you're too sassy for my life. I love I how Ash is the one who gets abandoned. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Katie, I will make you queen one My day. My magic is better okay. than yours. Well, pff, what else? <laughs> I'm going to be queen. Katie will be queen. <laughs> I'll be able to take it. <laughs> oh my god, evil laugh. I love it. Katie. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ash. <laughs> but I'm too close to Lena. If only because I really, really want this to be the true start of her redemption arc. Like, this is the key to getting her to be redeemed, is to have that relationship between her and Regina flourish, for her to be able to trust somebody so close to her again. And I think that every scene that she had this episode was beautiful, and I'm... With everything with her being in a good mood, so to speak, and then that one tiny little, like, 
Well, in my dream, I imagine that you would be genuine. Like to have that little bit of wickedness and then the whole lot of goodness in the same episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she's got to keep her sass. I mean, Regina, even after being redeemed, I mean, she's still sassy, so I don't think Zelina will ever lose that. I hope, I hope that she doesn't. Love she that. Sass. Not. Mm. Yeah. She better teach it to babyhood. Oh <laughs> Katie, your MVP, and why? Okay, I'm going to choose Cora because even though she was a horrible person in the past, she did realize her mistakes at the end of her life in the underworld. And she asked her daughters for forgiveness and told them that she made a mistake. And so, you know, that was nice to see. Character development. That was great. See her go from such a horrible person in the flashbacks to someone who realizes all the mistakes that they made. So, there you go. All right, now. Both of you picked good ones. And so I'm going to pick, because I could have easily have picked both of those for, like, all the reasons that both (laughs) of you gave. uh, Because they were really good choices. So I'm going to pick a sort of, a a... A surprising choice. Yeah. Peter Pan. Oh my God, no! That was my second one too. <laughs> oh my gosh! I thought your second one was going to be Josh Dallas. No, it was, it was Peter Pan, which I just call Robbie K because I think he's adorable the entire time. <laughs> well, there you go. But Peter Pan, because he was in it for just like ten seconds, and yet he brought so much to those ten yes. seconds. And I've got to say, with the whole, you know, well they say you're wicked. You know, I hear you're wicked, but I'm much worse. And I'm like, I, that was just fantastic. He sold it for me. Like I was here for it, and I can't wait until next week because I hope he's in it a little bit more because he's fantastic as. Peter Pan, because he's he's just a little shit, like in it, but it's like a good little shit. Like he's just so evil and horrible and disgusting. I love Realization. it. Realization, we get to have Hades and Peter Pan in the same episode. The two best yes. villains in Once Upon a Time. Yes. Well, Cora was good too. Like, don't diss my Cora. Uh, Hades and Peter Pan. Yeah. Well. <laughs> You can go sit in a corner while uh, Katie and I talk about Cora. (laughs) Okay, you do that. (laughs) Well, on that note, uh, it's that time, I believe, Katie. Isn't it time to get a little spoilery? Yes, it is. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. As always, you can check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. And you can check out my site at storybrookemirror.tumblr.com to see all of the latest spoilers, ratings, casting scoop, especially during the hiatus coming up. You're definitely going to want to keep on top of everything that happens during the summer when we're off, when we're not seeing episodes every Sunday. Katie updates it every hour. Every, every single hour. And never get a rest. <laughs> and she loves answering ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Answer, especially right after an episode airs, please send me questions about the episode that were answered in the episode. Okay? That is so much fun for me to do. Oh, wait. Like, what's an example of that? Okay, I'm going to read you something. Okay? 
Let me let me just. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> this is like masterpiece theater. <laughs> um, <clears throat> where is it? Oh, maybe maybe she answered. I don't know if you saw it yet. But here's here's one example. There's several, but someone asked right after the episode aired, "Why did Cora need help? Needs Lena's help in saving Regina?" That was for an oh. answer in the episode. And then the next one was, I might be wrong, but didn't Regina know she had a sister before she started training with Rumpel? So why did they have flashbacks to the other as teens? Oh. Mike, oh, answered in the episode. Pay attention. <laughs> Maybe they didn't notice that there was a potion ready for young Regina. But like, okay, we get these staff every single week where they like ask questions. No, I'm just being devil's advocate. Like, I'm really just trying to stir the pot. I know. It's a possibility. It's funny. I think Ash Ash sends all those questions. Is it she you? likes to ask horrible questions. Oh my god. In the foot with an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> Take an arrow. I'm gonna become Robin Hood, okay? Fifty shades of hay. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so anyways. And Graham is coming back, right, Katie? Um, yes, for sure. You can definitely not quote me on that, okay? Graham? Did you say and Graham the Mad Hatter. Back? I'm sorry, did you say Graham? Graham? Yeah. And the Mad Hatter. <laughs> Graham? He's coming back. Get Graham? excited, folks. Plus, with the Mad Hatter, they're lovers now. Oh my gosh. They're Surprise. the new LGBT couple. Uh, so, anyways, we're gonna get back to some real spoilers now. Okay. <laughs> this crap. Oh, this wasn't the spoiler section. <laughs> so, anyways, the I think we said it before, but the two-hour finale, which is of course episodes twenty-two and twenty-three, will be airing on. Oh my gosh, what date is it? May fifteen. I think that's right. Yes. May 15. And they will st- it will start at 7 p.m. rather than 8 p.m. And then it will go... Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. It will go from 7 to 9. It will end at the regular time. So keep that in mind. Um, you might have to adjust your DVR, possibly. So uh, just keep that in mind um, as we head into the finale. So that we're correct. It's 7 p.m. Eastern which would be 6 p.m. Central. Yes. And uh, Pacific Standard Time, it would also be 7 p.m. So it starts an hour early. Yeah. I just want to make sure we get all the time zones yes. checked. Correct. Yes, so it just starts an hour early every week or for every time zone. So just keep that in mind and adjust your DVRs accordingly. So, yes. moving on, um, someone asked... Will now that Belle is under the sleeping curse, um, presumably because Emily DeRaven needed a break because she was very pregnant at this point, um, will we be seeing her character the rest of the season, or is she kind of done? And they said that no, her character is definitely not done. Um, she will be figuring into the two-hour finale. Whether that's awake 
or in the sleeping curse, we don't know. So, move. that was kind of it for, like, spoilers. And then, this past weekend, there was a Storybrooke UK convention that had a bunch of the yeah. actors, like Sean McGuire, Colin was there, Lana was there, um, Liam Garrigan, who played Arthur, was there. Um, I think some of the dwarves, the actors who play the dwarves were there. Um... Granny was there. Megan, who played. Yay, I love Granny. Lots of people were there. So, they have. Why the hell don't we have a Storybrooke USA convention? Katie, set it up. Okay, I will. I'm gonna get everybody there. I know, including Granny. I mean, getting photo shoots with people ain't gonna cost a hundred bucks either. So, look forward to this. (laughs) Affordable Storybrooke USA for the regular person. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> so anyways, moving on. Um <clears throat> Sean in one of his panels said that there will be a reference to the Robin Hood movie on the show in the next few episodes. So be looking forward to that. That's kind of a fun nod to the Disney movie. Um someone asked Colin, well, will we f- or they asked him what really happened to Mila, and he said he couldn't say too much. So apparently, what? No. So apparently, things with Mila aren't done, or we get to find out more about it later. Or was this somebody that didn't watch the episode that's asking a question after they saw the episode, like they do with you? What happened to Mila? <laughs> well, I mean, what? Ha- I don't know. That's a good question. But Colin's answer that he couldn't say too much is interesting. So, obviously, she comes back up in conversation later on at some point. I guess we'll find out. So, be looking forward to that, too. Um, someone asked if we will be seeing any kind of a true love's kiss or a true act of love between Hook and Emma coming up. And Colin apparently nodded vigorously, but said that he couldn't say anything. So this has me oh so excited God. because I'm okay. I'm going to die. The promo for next episode. Oh my God! Oh, You're on the funeral next Monday. <laughs> we will be having a wake next Monday. <laughs> I'm dying, but I'm enjoying every moment of it. <laughs> So, I'm really excited. Fans of Captain Swan are probably really excited. So, be looking forward to next week. Excitement. Um, Colin also said that, um, or someone asked him if there would be a Captain Swan proposal soon. And he said he couldn't say anything, but as Colin always does when he's trying not to get something away, he was blushing profusely, and he made this little winky face. Like he was winking at the crowd. So, what? Kitty! Adam and Eddie need to stop sitting him out talking about spoilers. <laughs> I'm loving it. Are you kidding? Please don't stop. Stop. Please stop. Keep going. Send him to more conventions. Alan, <laughs> we love you. <laughs> I'm so excited. If it doesn't happen, then okay. But 
if it for real happens, I'm probably going to die again. And I'll just have my hand curls. Okay. <clears throat> and one last thing. Um, Colin also said the season five finale is one of Colin's favorite episodes ever. And he, um, it's his favorite arc apparently to date was the Neverland arc. And he said that this finale is probably right next to that in terms of episode so and i think um rebecca mater also did an interview and she said that a lot of really crazy stuff goes down the finale and it's really exciting so she can't wait to talk about it but she can't say anything until it happens obviously but it looks like we're gonna be in for a wild ride in the finale i'm excited i have a feeling i'm gonna be right which is i know it's gonna be great i'm so excited if I'm right, I'm gonna die. Wait, which theory? Do you Y'all are gonna die about? next which week. <laughs> Black and white steampunk oh. Transylvania land. We're all we're all gonna die. Okay. It's gonna be great. We're gonna join them in the underworld just after they get out and they can't save us anymore. Aw. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Uh, okay. So that was it, kind of from the. Uh, from the Storybook UK convention. Of course, if you do want to see everything that went down during that convention, you can visit my site and you can put into the search bar storybookmirror.tumblr.com forward slash tagged forward slash event colon space. I think you have to have a space in there. Cons. So C O N S. And then you can see everything that we posted from that convention. There's lots of fun photos and all of the transcript of the um, meet and greets and the um, the panels with the actors and actresses. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Um, let's see. Uh, the press release for the next episode came out. And the next episode is titled Firebird. And it was written by Jane Espenson, which is really good news because she does fantastic episodes. So this is what it says. Hades turns to the heroes to ask for help with getting Zelina back from Rumpelstiltskin and Peter Pan. In return, he offers to take all of their names off their tombstones. However, when Hook is still unable to leave, he and Emma must journey into the depths of the underworld. Meanwhile, Corella Deville is determined to keep the heroes trapped in the underworld. In flashbacks, Emma searches for answers about her family and makes an unexpected friendship. And looking at the guest list for this episode, the blind witch is going to be here. Peter Pan, obviously. Yay. Um, and Stealthy is going to be back. Yay, I noticed that so too. So excited. Because he's dead. Uh, so we actually get to see him again. Maybe he'll move on. Well, they help him. That'd be so cute. That would be nice. That would be nice. The last thing I have to go over is ratings. And the ratings did bump up a tenth. From last week's initial 1.1 to 1.2 in the demographics. And it also bumped up in the millions of viewers from last week's initial to 3.84 million viewers. So we are gaining some people back for these, for the, well, at least for this episode. So yay for that. Hopefully we'll keep up the trend. Yes. And it was uh, the highest rated hour drama in the That's demo. That's right. So yippee. Which is always good. 
So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Visit the Poppy Chulo Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. You can download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for Storybrook Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. You can email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an honor personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a wonderful Wicked good night. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>